0: Excited for this conversation. I'm going to be interviewing today Elizabeth Benton. She was depressed, deeply in debt, and obese. And as a nutrition expert and educator who binged on junk food every time she put gas in her car, she felt like a fraud and a failure. Desperate to start her life, she decided to believe in her actual potential rather than her past. After trying to every program, every fad diet out there, Elizabeth decided to focus on transforming her mindset. And that's when her entire life transformed. She lost 150 pounds. This is this is amazing. Paid off $130,000 in debt and remains debt-free as a successful entrepreneur has coached more than 3,000 clients to create change in their own lives like she did. She's an author of the best-selling book Chasing Cupcakes, the host of the Primal Potential podcast with more than 10 million downloads and you can find her at primalpotential.com.
1: Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm psyched to be here.
0: I am so psyched. I mean, we actually started to talk before this and I'm like, no, 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 I'm I'm saving it. I'm saving it. <laughs> I have to be completely honest. I have had this day where I have been feeling overwhelmed, um, feeling the weight of all the different areas. And I am someone that, um, to be authentic, I'm someone that leads a company, that organization is at the cornerstone and teaching productivity and control and less is more. And I'm in a place where I feel like I'm overwhelmed. There's so much going on. There's so much happening, and I think a lot of people feel that, right? And so, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I'm a fraud, but I feel like right now I can't speak my speak because I need a a little bit of a break and a reset to to realign. Um, And I have to say, Elizabeth, just reading through your stuff, I'm like, this is my type of people. Like, (laughs) you are my type of people. Like, you have um, came from a place of a lot of pain. I can imagine. Um, cause I can empathize with that pain and a lot of, um, not quite knowing, but you dug deep and you have created the life that you have and you've believed in it and changed your mindset. And I'm just so proud of you. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Things have definitely changed. And at that point in my life, you know, getting out of debt and paying off, uh, paying off the debt and losing all the weight. I felt like I had been through some major struggles. And and it's funny because when I hear that, I've actually much more recently gone through way more difficult struggles. And it's it's funny how life is cyclical like that. Like we're just, we're going to go through hard times, but it's not the end of the story. It's not It's not in any way a stopping point. It's just part of the story.
0: Absolutely. You're either preparing for a storm or going through a storm. I fully yeah. believe that. And it's, it's hard things that we don't realize what we're going through. And we want to ask why, why it's not necessarily why it's what are we being asked to learn here or what are, what are we being called to do, to rest, to, to step fully into our potential. Um, And I I fully believe that it's been the hardest things in my own life and my biggest struggles that I have felt deeply in all of my cells that has caused the most transformation. Um, And I, I would invite people to, to have that switch of not being the victim. And, and rather owning it and seeing what we can learn from it to better ourselves. So um, how did you, I mean, can you, I don't know, give me a backstory. I mean, that that um, title for you and introduction to you is, is powerful. Like you have done some amazing things physically with your body, um, financially with your actual income. Um, and I'm sure ripples to so many other aspects of your life. I know that it does. Um, but how did, how did you get to this person that was, Can I ask this? Was obese? Was overweight? Like what's the story to that point? If you can sum
1: it up. Yeah, I was actually born heavy. I mean, I wasn't, there wasn't some like turning point where I gained all this weight. The short version of this story is that my mom was pretty sick while she was pregnant with me. My mom is a, a very lean woman, has been her whole life. And, uh, she was very sick when she was pregnant with me, which caused my metabolism to really slow down so that I could survive. And all the doctors thought that I would be this scrawny, sickly little baby, but I was a chunker. Like I was a big baby and that was a, a survival instinct. I remember my, my mom was diagnosed with osteoporosis at the end of her pregnancy because I was essentially leaching the calcium and the minerals from her bones. Because I wasn't getting it from from you know what she was not able to eat at that time, and so I think I probably would have grown out of that the baby weight. You know, I have an older sister who was always very very slender, and I wasn't. The challenge came when it became more of a social issue, an acceptance issue, and a shame issue. My mom felt that having an overweight child was a reflection on her as a parent. And she also wanted me to be healthy and felt that being overweight wasn't healthy for me. So there was a ton of pressure put on me to lose weight from a very young age, like before first grade. And so that then compounded the issue. Food was very restricted in an attempt to help me lose weight. So then I would compensate by overeating when I could. And I just developed a really unhealthy relationship with food and a lot of um, like sneaking and overeating patterns followed by periods of extreme restriction. And I and I just sort of grew up that way and it it escalated. So there was never a point at which I was a healthy weight and then put on a lot of weight. I was just heavy and got heavier as time went on.
0: That makes sense. And I think that if you're listening to this, you can either relate to that maybe in that that retrospect, or maybe it's the financial thing. Maybe, you know, uh, the money thing was an issue and we were never really taught and it was restricted. And so you binge, you binge spend. And, you know, I, I just think that we all can have different instances that we relate that we didn't quite fit in. And it was a growth and a learning point. And um, I'm also, I, I, I can imagine, I, I don't want to say I'm sorry because I'm not sorry, because I think happened. Life happens for us, not to us. Um, and I think that you are the amazing woman that you are today because of your journey. So I'm not sorry um, for your journey. I'm sorry that as a young girl you were made to feel that way.
1: Um, yeah, it was tough. Does that makes sense. Yeah, it it absolutely does. And of course, you can look back with very clear hindsight. Um, it has helped me a lot in understanding where the the disordered mindset around food came from. But the reality is knowing that there's some dysfunction in your thinking isn't the same thing as fixing the dysfunction in your thinking. So that was really where I had to get to. Yeah.
0: So let me ask you that. So you've said that once you've changed your mindset, your whole life changed, right? Oh, but I think a lot of people struggle to understand what mindset even is mm-hmm. and how can that become a game changer. So what yeah. do you mean when you talk about mindset? And its importance.
1: I'm so glad you asked that because I think mindset is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot and everybody's like, Yeah, yeah, the way you think matters, but that's kind of where it stops, and people don't really understand it more deeply than that. But the fact is, the way we think, the logic we use determines every decision we make, right? It's not a a discipline willpower thing about whether or not you get up when the alarm goes off in the morning or whether you hit snooze or If you have dessert after dinner, or if you don't, it's the way you think about it. Because what I noticed in myself was I had a very, very high desire to lose weight. I wanted it more than I wanted anything in the world. But I made a ton of excuses, and I stopped and restarted way more than I ever kept going. And I tried every diet under the sun, but it was the same excuses and exceptions and doubts and delays and all of that stuff that followed me on every one because those things were a function of how I thought. So it didn't matter if I was calorie counting, macro counting, intermittent fasting, keto, it didn't matter at all. I was choosing the same mistakes via patterns of thought. So the same barriers were following me every single time. And I think about it in terms of like, I don't know how many people remember sixth grade, seventh grade math, but I think about the order of operations when solving a math problem. I don't know if you've ever taught the acronym PEMDAS, like first you do the parentheses and then you do the exponents and then, you know, there's like a certain order to solve the problem. And if you do it out of order, even if you added the numbers correctly and you multiplied the numbers correctly, you get the wrong answer because you have a logic problem and until you fix the logic problem you're going to continue to get the wrong answer i had a logic problem with food the this thing this one thing won't hurt i'll start tomorrow i just need to get this out of my system come monday i'm going to get serious i don't even care all of those stories it had nothing to do with how much i wanted to lose weight it had nothing to do with what particular diet of the week or diet of the month i was on There was a logic problem. And that is why people with very high motivation and very high drive and a ton of knowledge continue to struggle. It's because of their thinking, the way that they make decisions and or the way that they make excuses. And until we fix that logic problem, until we upgrade our mindset, we won't change. It's kind of like, you know, I'm notorious about not running the update on my computer until something crashes and I have to. And I'll dismiss like all the notifications for, you know, this needs to be updated, this needs to be updated. And then eventually things start breaking and not running smoothly and you're forced to make the update. Well, life isn't quite like that. We don't get a notification that there's an update. It doesn't happen automatically while we're sleeping. We have to do that work. And so many people are running with the same glitches and the same problems and the same bugs every single day, every single weekend, every time there's a sale, or they get that email notification. And until you change your thinking, you're going to continue to run into the same barriers.
0: We are going to take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor.
1: This podcast is brought to you by StartPlanner.com, your tool for a more organized life. Featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com, Start Planner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. Align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at StartPlanner.com.
0: so true. And it's what I talk about too. And I've been in a big season of my life where I've really focused on changing, um, not changing my mindset, but really just being, yeah, I mean, I guess, yes, more, more mindset changes, but also more self-care initiative. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm someone that is highly driven. Um, but I, I can also do it at a point of self-sacrifice. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, you know, I'd been in, I've been in seasons where sleep, has been like obsolete because my mind wouldn't allow me to sleep because my brain is still going and calculating and doing, and um, I wasn't doing those things. Like when I when I got on the phone call with you, like I'm, I feel like I'm already inspired. So thank you for for this as well it, because this was by no circumstance. I don't believe as well this conversation and we're happening. I've had to learn myself and learn when I'm starting to feel these things. What do I need to do? What do I need yeah. to rest? What do I need to reset? Um, and ultimately what do I need to change? What becomes that, what is something that's a pattern that's going to continue to be a pattern? Those patterns, right. That you were, you are talking about. Mm-hmm. So my question would be this, you've up, up, you've changed your mindset, but how do you, is it just the, the mindset change that you actually initiate that change? Cause a change is so hard and you can't make someone else change. Your mm-hmm. mom can say, oh, I think you should Quit that job, leave that relationship, stop eating that food, lose weight, or someone else. I'm just saying mom an example. But until you're actually ready to do that, it's not going to be done in my opinion. Right. Um, so what would you say is the big piece of advice in tandem with mindset to actually create change that is going to stick?
1: I think it's a specific component of mindset and it is telling yourself the whole truth the whole truth. Because what I see is when we're struggling, we're only telling one piece of the truth, one convenient corner of the truth, or one very familiar aspect of the truth, one permissive bit of the truth. Like when I would say, oh, this one thing won't hurt. Well, that wasn't inherently wrong. There is no weight that is going to be gained because of one cookie or no weight that won't come off because of one cookie. But I wasn't telling the whole truth because the whole truth was, well, but Elizabeth, you keep saying this like 12, 14, 18, 25 times a week. And and that is the problem. It's not the one cookie. It's the frequency that you're playing this card, right? That you're like using this line that you're, you're going with this story. You have to tell the whole story And so when, when I have clients say to me, you know, I just, I was so stressed out by the end of the day of work that I just couldn't even be bothered with my goals, or I just couldn't stop myself from going and getting ice cream. Well, that's not the whole story because Yes, I believe that you had a stressful day at work. And yes, you did. Stop for ice cream. Truth. But there's so much more to it. When I started to be more honest with myself, I used stress as an excuse for a lot of things. Work was too stressful. I'm too overwhelmed to work out, to eat well, to not spend money, right? The spending of money is a way that I escape. The eating is a way that I escape. Well, If I were being really truly honest with myself, overeating was also a way that I generated stress, that I generated overwhelm, that I made myself feel worse, not a way that I made myself feel better.
0: You weren't just telling the whole
1: truth. I would know that there's a difference between feeling less and feeling better. And binging for three hours after a stressful day at work might make me feel less for two hours, but it's going to make me feel Worse, So this thing that I'm turning to and I'm saying it's because I'm so stressed out is actually something that generates more stress, more physical stress in my body, more emotional stress in my mind. And that's the whole truth. And it's a practice. It's a practice of being totally honest when people say, I'm just so overwhelmed, I I can't even bother with it. Well, is that really the whole truth, or is that just a convenient or a permissive piece of the truth? Because the fact is, I think you would feel less overwhelmed going to bed knowing you took great care of yourself than going to bed knowing that you didn't, knowing to going to bed knowing that you broke a promise or promises that you made to yourself. And so that's something that I work on constantly in my own life, in my own thoughts, um, in my own marriage, but also a thousand times a day with my clients.
0: I think it's powerful. Um, and I think it's easy for us to, you know, I talked about that season of my life um with you that I wasn't sleeping and I was just, you know, I stress and I was like, well, I kept thinking, well, this season will end, like it's just a season, it'll get better. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my body in my early 30s become, you know, shingles all throughout my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I've got to actually do something. And It's a lot of times until something manifests physically that we had kind of have that wake up call. And the the point is to not just manifest it physically, to know that you need a change so that you make that change before that nutrition turns into something that you can't take back or that lack of sleep turns into something you can't take back. Because I do believe that mindset's a huge aspect and, um, I want to ask you this, which is um, nothing that I saw anywhere uh, on any of your stuff, but I'm curious how you feel like emotions and um, emotional awareness and health, how that plays a role in your mindset. Because I believe emotions and thoughts are a lot of how we feel, right? Mm -hmm. But emotions and thoughts are not real. They're literally just past experiences, what we feel like, what will happen from projections from the future. So what is your yeah, thoughts it's on emotion? That,
1: that you ask that. And I'll tell you, I've learned and experienced a lot more of that recently. Um, so this past spring, about eight months, seven, eight months ago, my first and only daughter died unexpectedly.
0: Oh, I am so sorry.
1: And you know that that is far and away the and and remains to be the most difficult thing in my life and every day since then has been so emotional and so hard and i you know was in this season where i had worked so hard to get healthy and i had worked so hard to get out of debt and to build a business and all of this and then and then this thing happens right this devastating life altering loss and so many times I would think, I, I don't even care about any of it. Like I don't care about eating or not eating, eating healthy or not eating healthy, getting in a workout or not getting in a workout, building my business or not building my business. Like in the in the face of this loss and this pain, I truly don't care. Mm-hmm. And I would tell myself, this feeling can ride with me, but it can't drive. So I'm not looking to reframe grief or reframe sadness. I'm not I'm not looking, you know, I I completely agree in most situations that you know life doesn't happen to us it happens for us, but I think there are some things that that we don't need to look to see like how was this for me? How was how was my daughter dying somehow like beneficial to my life? Now, I don't think we always have to to take that stance, though I think that's always an option. Um, I want to make as much room and space as possible available for the profound depth of sadness and just all of those, those heartbreaking feelings, they can ride with me. They can be here. I'm not looking to minimize them, to push them away, to get through them, to get over them. I don't think that's how this works but they don't need to drive and so on those days where i just wanted to stay in bed and not eat or not leave my house and just order pizza and ice cream and totally check out i would say that the that the pain can ride but the pain can't drive because objectively some things are good for me and some things are not good for me objectively i can contribute to my healing or i can prevent my healing And I don't have to like it or want to choose it or be motivated or be driven. I can just go to that objective place. And so I would have those days where I don't want to go for a walk. I don't care if I get fresh air or not. I don't care if I'm healthy or not. I really don't care. But objectively, I know that getting outside for a walk is good for me and staying inside like a hermit is not. So I'm going to take my apathy and my not caring and I'm going to take my sadness and it's going to go with me on this walk. And I would do the same thing when it was like, I don't want to cook. Yeah, I know salmon and broccoli would be healthier and I don't care. I can't care. I don't have the bandwidth to care. And I would say, that's fine. You don't have to care, but you do have the logic to understand that one of these things is good for you and one of these things is not. And you can take the pain and the sadness and you can cry the whole time, that's okay. The grief can ride, but it can't drive. And I think that sometimes we think that emotions have to match up to the action. You know, we have to feel motivated to do this, we have to, you know, not feel overwhelmed in order to do this. But that's quite frankly total garbage. It's just not yeah. true.
0: And majority of the time we are overwhelmed. We are. And that's why we plan. That's why we journal. That's why we do all these things so that when things don't go as planned, you can pivot and you can you can make those changes. And
1: there's such a separation between how you feel and what you do while you feel that way. I go to the gym unmotivated most of the time. You know, I'm not, I'm very rarely like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go to CrossFit. Nope. That's rarely how I feel. And I think when we start to acknowledge that the emotional condition is not a prerequisite for the action, we have a lot more power. And when we also realize that that the presence of an emotional state that we don't really want to feel, whether that's anger or it's overwhelm or it's stress or it's sadness or it's grief or it's anger, the presence of that is not a bad thing we don't have to push it away. Yes, I think it's important to know that through perspective and gratitude and all of these things, we can shift. They're also not bad emotions. And it's totally okay to give them space and to give them room and also to realize that they are completely separate from what we choose. Yep.
0: And and also, I think that it's, it's important what we choose, but I also think thoughts and emotions are also two separate things. Mm-hmm. And I don't think were ever taught this. Um, I actually just finished a book called feelings buried alive, never die. And I would challenge, I would, I would challenge you to read that. It's a very profound book. Um, I don't know if you're religious, but, um, Mm -hmm. I believe in God and and it just was, I think it could help and maybe some of your healing. And first off, just thank you for sharing what you just shared with all of us. Um, I don't think that you ever want to bury or hide that aspect, um, of, of any of it. And it's, it's, there's not ever a justification for some things for sure. Yeah. Um, but going back to that, a thought is something that you're thinking and you know you're thinking it. Those thoughts can be wrong, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. You can think, my throat is sore, and then you look online to WebMD and self diagnose yourself thinking, oh, I've got throat cancer. Thoughts mm-hmm. can be wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? They can be from um, other things. You don't always know that you're experiencing emotion. Emotion is how you necessarily like feel. It's the unconscious thoughts of an emotion when you're feeling something. Mm -hmm. Um, but thoughts can influence emotions and emotions can influence thoughts. And I think Mm -hmm. it's an important, like you said, to know and be aware of those two different things. And what you're ultimately saying is regardless of those thoughts and emotions, don't let it change your choice Mm -hmm. of the direction that you are wanting to head.
1: Yeah, or even just know it doesn't have to. They're not as linked as many people go through life believing that they are.
0: That's powerful. That's powerful. Um, geez, I don't even know where to go from there. That was heavy. (laughs) That was a lot. Um, you know, I just I think that that so many people I don't think it can relate necessarily to to your type of loss, but can relate to. Feeling overwhelmed, absolutely, um, or feeling what you were really describing was a point of depression. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that a lot of us deal with that. A lot of us feel like we are in points of like depression, and you know we work so hard to get someplace, and then we don't necessarily. We were kind of like, well, whatever's meant to be will be. You know, when you get to that point and you're just thinking, like you said, I don't care if I eat. I don't care if I eat healthy. I don't care if I eat at all. Like you're in a point of depression. So, um,
1: and it happens on smaller scales too, like, you know, you get angry with your partner. I don't even care if I'm being rude right now. You know, or you just have a crappy day at work and you think I really don't care what we have for dinner tonight, right? It's the same exact thing. It just is on a spectrum of intensity and gravity. Yep.
0: Yep. And I think it's the awareness, right? It's the the unconscious and subconscious awareness of that and making sure, you know, we're not making any big decisions in those turbulent moments, right? Like you don't just go shut down your business and all that you've been working for in one of those moments, like you're not making big decisions in those turbulent moments, and you also communicate to people in your life that are are loved ones like I'm hurting like i'm you know you know what I'm saying like that's part of the healing, and I think the only way you can heal through something is to heal through it is mm-hmm. to not try to like act like it's not there yeah um so. What's one or two questions you've been personally using lately that we can all snag? Meaning you use questions a lot in the back of your book, The Mm -hmm. Chasing Cupcakes, a ton of questions. Um, What is one or two questions that you feel like we can all use for our own lives to uh, move our lives forward in the direction that we want, to create the change that we want?
1: Yeah, I love questions. I think I think when we talk about mindset, doing the work can be very vague and ambiguous. Like, okay, so if mindset's so important, what the heck do I do next, you know? Um, and I feel like questions are accessible always. They're free. We can use them on the fly. And they're incredibly effective. So one of the ones that I'm loving right now is what would make this easier? Because whether it's feeling overwhelmed in business or organizing a closet or (laughs) prepping to eat well for the week or even just getting to the gym, what would make this easier? And sometimes for me, that means I work out at home instead of going to the gym or I order or take out fish and salad instead of worrying about cooking anything. Or, you know, I ask my husband to cook or Or I sit down and I have a meeting with my team and we talk about what's making this feel hard and what would have to be in place for this to feel easy. We often use it as a fill in the blank. Like this would be easier if what? And oftentimes the first thing that you come up with is kind of like a throwaway. So if you were thinking about food and you think, well, this would be easier if I had a chef. Well, most people are not in a position to have a chef, but don't stop there. Don't stop there with the like easy gimme throwaway. Like, well, we don't have a chef, so I guess it can't be easier. Well, what is, what is there an, is there an intermediate step there? Like maybe you and two of your friends can do meal swaps. So you are each responsible for one, you know, healthy meal that you've all agreed on and you make a triple batch and everybody gets, you know, one of what everybody made. And maybe that would make it easier and it would make it fun and it would make it community-based and you wouldn't feel like you have to spend three nights a week cooking or five nights a week cooking or four hours prepping on a Sunday or something like that. Start to be really creative about what would make this easier and start to ask other people that as well. It's one that I use in marriage all the time. Uh, and then another one that I use constantly is what else is true because, you know, even just yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm overwhelmed with everything that needs to get done this week, and there's this, and there's that, and there's the other thing. Well, what else is true? What else is true is that my evenings are wide open. (laughs) So, you know, I, I could absolutely add 30 minutes to each one of my days and feel dramatically better. I also could delegate certain things out to my team. I also have five things on my schedule that are totally optional and could easily be bumped to next week if that helps. There's so many what else is true things. Like I set these deadlines. I set these priorities. So if I'm not liking the way they're making me feel, I can absolutely change them. What else is true is that work isn't the thing that matters the most to me. So why am I letting it get so much of my emotional energy? Well, then what is the thing that matters most to me and how can I invest more in that? So what else is true helps me a lot. Last night I was laying in bed and I was like, I'm really hungry. I could totally get up and get something to eat right now. Oh, microwave popcorn would be great. What else is true? I can also easily wait until the morning. And in the morning, I'd probably feel better if I do that. And if I wind myself up by eating, I'm probably going to have a harder time sleeping. And it's just that ongoing dialogue of considering more than the first thought. So those are a couple questions that I use all the time right now. I
0: love it. Those are great two questions. And, I, and again, it's just mind shift, mindset yep. shift. I mean, it's literally just instead of what the narrative that you're telling, can you ask these questions to tell a different narrative? I yeah. love it. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing your heart with us. Number one, um, your story with us. Cause I have a feeling that we're only to this. I mean, there's, there's so much more story to unfold. And to that point, where can people find you, connect with you, engage with you? Um, can you let them know that?
1: Absolutely. I would say the best place is my podcast. That's where I am the most consistently, the podcast is called Primal Potential. It's everywhere where podcasts can be found. We've got about nine hundred episodes there, so you can get lost down that rabbit hole real easily. Um, social media wise, you can find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton, um, and then my website, Primal Potential. I don't, I don't update that a whole lot, so I would say the best place is going to be the podcast or Instagram at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Elizabeth, thank you so much, for, like I said, for sharing your story and um, for using your story to impact others. Because I think that that is, when a passion becomes a service for others, it becomes a purpose. So thank you for using your passion to be a purpose for others to uh, create real change in other people's lives. I mean, that's three over 3,000 people. I mean, that must feel pretty amazing uh, to thank say you. that you've done that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me today. All right.
0: Thanks, Elizabeth. And we will be back next week, you guys, with more episodes. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.